of Sports Banter with Mr. Peanut and the Polar Bear. Hello and welcome. Let's, uh, yeah, hello and welcome. I like that. There you go. That's like very, very polite. <laughs> I'm like a polite guy. Like little waiters walking around. All right, or shut the fuck up. <laughs> hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. That's like a we... Disneyland intro. <laughs> hello and welcome to Sports Banter. Good lord. Coming out a little goofy. That's right. You know? It's a, I like it's the vibes. A, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. And we're going to keep that energy as we talk about Dak Prescott getting the big deal. Um, Finally. Four actually. years, 160 mil, 126 guaranteed. And I think you said 66 million signing. for a signing bonus. Um, which, honestly... It's a million I'm, more than I'm a, uh, Russell Wilson. So. <laughs> right. As, you know, the owners pick and choose how they navigate free agency. But um, I was happy for Dak Prescott. I thought it was awesome. Uh, he obviously had a horrific injury last year with the, like, shattered ankle. Oh, um, my God. That I was, was getting really a gross. Yeah. visual representation of his ankle. Really bad. And he was the only good thing about the Cowboys last year. Yeah. That's including... You know, it's not really Zeke's fault, but I'm going to throw him in there because he didn't make that much of a difference when Prescott was gone. Uh, the defense was horrible. Uh, you know, you just it, it became so apparent how important Dak Prescott was once he was no longer on the field. I completely agree. I'm going to ping on a couple things here that ping you brought him. up. Because, one, um, Dak Prescott, I'm happy for you. Two, I'm a little upset. I feel bad that you're stuck in Texas because... It's not going to get any better for you. <laughs> um, hopefully you can yeah, change that. Kind of, but That's kind of the problem, though. Yeah. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has, since he got into the league, and this isn't more like, I know we're, you know, we're focusing on Dak and his, yeah, his thing. But let's, there, you but know, the fucking got. Cowboys. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott fucking sucks. Like, no. I, I, he is not. That's aggressive. He's not. Oh, come on. He's, he's he's probably top five running back in the NFL. No. Okay. Oh, stats wise, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I just think he could be better, but he is I think, stuck on the Cowboys. Yeah. So that's, that's more of a Cowboys right. issue. So I would. I would. All right. All right. Then I'm no, more no. upset at that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would harp for sure on it's like a Cowboys issue of. Then trade him, and I want to see what he can do. There you go. To the Bears. Jerry um, Jones. <laughs> there you go. Um, but Dak has yeah, the whole back. sixty-six million. The the ankle injury kind of worries me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know Jerry Jones pushes his whole organization in the direction that he wants, but you know that there's that intern going, "What about his fucking ankle, bro? You have to listen to me." <laughs> and honestly, like I would have taken that as a little bit of a concern. I, yeah. Ankles are not as bad as MCLs, ACLs, yeah. things like that. It's definitely not a hate to say it, or an Alex Smith injury or anything like that. Um, but Or even a Bridgewater injury, you know, yeah. his fucking knee explodes. Yeah. You know, my kneecap is now at my ankle. But yeah, it's, it's just concerning. Sport, but. And I think my big thing is I'm expecting with money becomes high expectations. Yeah. But. Oh, the, he's a man now. But do the Cowboys have the positions in place to reflect his money i don't think so a few things that i'm gonna ping on uh, actually of course <laughs> take my word um, ping so what was interesting was before the uh dak prescott injury there was still the contract um uh, negotiation and 
just kind of the back and forth of the ownership didn't want to give him i think it was like it was literally like two million more dollars than he asked or two million dollars less sorry than he asked and they just kind of had that standstill and then he got hurt so then my thought process was ugh, this is going to be the ugly part of the business where they're not going to like re-up with him and yeah. he's going to have to probably go play for you know the jets or somebody <laughs> somebody who stinks and then you know that might be the Miami tale would be that might be the tale of Dak Prescott you know yeah. where he kind of got hurt and he he missed that huge deal so in that respect i was super happy that he got his deal and he gets that chance to you know make the cowboy something tall task however huge because astronomical I mean, task actually i think he played what two or three games last year and they had a top five offense with him, but they were still, you know, the defense is giving up 40, yeah. so he's got to score 45. And like, I, this is what I wanted to say. Thank God I remembered it. Uh, the Cowboys have this thing where they think they're like the greatest franchise in the world. Team. You don't and, know that? Um, oh, yeah, they're America's team, who no, is no. also, you know, 4 and 12 uh, consistently. So internally, I believe that they have this this thing where they're, like, they're going for the Super Bowl, right? But they have so many holes and so many things to fix that I don't want to put it all on Jerry Jones. That's the easy thing to do. But um, you there's, just, some, there's some organizational structure that you. is a problem there. I was just about to ask, do you think that it's Jerry Jones' fault? Because... The it's the, it's the NFC East, by the way. Yeah, you don't have to win that many games. No, that you need probably eight to realistically. It probably comes down to like Sunday Night Football versus the Eagles, and whoever wins that a stupid game, fire. it wins the NFC East. So the fact that you're not even in the running, granted last year there's the injury, whatever, it doesn't matter. You guys don't win that much anyway. So if you can't put together, uh, you know, a ten win team with you know, Ezekiel Elliott, I say he's top five. Uh, Dak, who's, you know, I think he's worth the money. Amari Cooper. Um, you know, Jalen Brown's on a linebacker on D. He's one of the better linebackers. Um, you know, I, I don't see the Cowboys, like, figuring out what their issues are, where their holes are, and acting on them. I, they more so try to plug it with something else, and then there's no continuity, I guess. Do you think Mike McCarthy... Can do oh, he stinks. About he's, he's, I, uh, he smells like Packer cheese, number one. And literally, there's probably a piece of cheese in his pocket. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, what's, wouldn't be surprised. You know where the cheese is? It's in his eye because his eye is over, he's, like, He always looks confused in the sideline. Like, oh, shit. What, what just happened really, there? You know what? It, like, I, I agree, <laughs> man. And, and look, you know, Packer hate, of course, is coming from Patrick. Yes. But... But it's not blind hate. Though. No. he's. I, I, I think he's Honestly, initially, I thought it was a horrible... Horrible and pickup. His it sounds like he. It sounds like. It sounds like there's a lot of miscommunication within yeah. the organization as a whole, but then the coaching staff. It sounds mm-hmm. like there's this fucking like. Wasn't there like a a punning issue last year or two years ago where it was like Mike McCarthy <laughs> goes, "Well, I don't know what we were doing." Yeah. As a head coach, you should know what the fuck you're <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah, also he's not good at answering the questions after the game that are, you know, what happened there. He's trying to say the right thing, but it sounds, you know, and then he gets analyzed by all the people who, you know, break down what these coaches say. Also, the Cowboys invested so much in Jason Garrett for 
like eight years, ten years, and nothing came out of that. Yeah. Um, so and then they move. immediately jump on Mike McCarthy as if he's this like, great coach. Um, and really, that's just kind of the NFL like head coach carousel, more so than it is picking an actual coach that's going to fit your system. It's like Mike McCarthy coached for the Packers for forever, and they went, they went to the Super Bowl once and won, and they've been winning the NFC North like well, more often than not. Like, let's just take him, and there's not much thought going into it. That's how I saw it. So, I don't know where we are at this point, but yeah. Dak, you get, sounds like you got a lot on your plate. You got a lot of shit to deal with, Dak. To go where. And you know what? Thank God you get, you're getting paid and you got that $66 because yeah. let me tell you, you're going to need a lot, bro. Yeah. You're going to need like everything you can. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm just not a fan of the ineptitude of the NFC East teams. I think. What a word. Yeah. Ineptitude. And we're going to end on that because that yeah. was a fucking word. Inept. Mr. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin signs or he bought out with the Detroit Pistons and he is signed with the Brooklyn Nets. He bought out? Yeah, well, they bought him out so then he oh, could okay. kind of go somewhere. Oh, okay. I kinda, didn't know that. It actually. happens uh, periodically with like stars mm-hmm. who they don't really fit on that team anymore. It happened like J.R. Smith. But as far as the Nets go, they are a, you know, NBA 2K video game dream team like i think that's what I, there's you, no, talk, you and i were talking about that no, earlier i mean i mean i you couldn't play with that team if you're with your friends and you, like you you would be the asshole picking the best team to play with and you know got right. Kyrie irving james harden kevin durant now blake griffin and deandre jordan and that's a hell of a team to uh you know come out in the court with the starting five with. It just is, it's such a, I mean. So it's, they're all in. That's yeah, right. And it, one, I think it's, I think it's really cool to see it at a business level. Cause it's like, dude, this is, we're going all in. This is, yeah. you know, we've been talking about it with the Padres. <laughs> we're all in. And mm-hmm. now we get to see it with the Nets. If I'm setting a team up and I'm looking at their lineup, I'm going, well, let's try and get at least some yeah. points on the board mm-hmm. here. Um, I think though, and I always you know, I always have this little, hey, Brian's comment, you know, is my big thing is is being able to perform. And, right. you know, realistically, they have been. And mm-hmm. now you just add the ginger, you know, it's he's going to be able to come in and light everybody's hair on fire. <laughs> so I think another, caught up on another, another thing. thing to mention. Yeah, you got you got it in there. Check, check. <laughs> um you know, Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are older. They're not in their prime anymore. But being on a team with three superstars like KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, they're going to perform. They're you gonna play get, to the level that you're surrounded they're by. Gonna, they don't have to get what their stats used to be anymore. Uh, you need pretty much DeAndre Jordan to play defense and be a like shot alterer center. You yeah. need Blake Griffin to hit mid-range shots, also play D, and, you know, cut through the lane and throw down some monster dunks from here and there. But really, the still the main three producers are your top guys. There's nothing changed with the signing there. But it just it's going to add an extra level of value to and, the Nets. And it, you know what's funny is the whole time I'm kind of thinking about this is let's put it this way. At, at any professional level, there's everybody's a friend. You know, if mm-hmm. you don't know them, you become a friend with mm-hmm. someone, right? And with how much influence players have on teams in the NBA specifically, yeah, who's to say that wasn't you know James Harden's going like, hey, I know you know Blake's kind of been talking about it a little bit here and there, you know, let's kind of put him in the wheel yeah. because 
we know that he can take a weight off of mm-hmm. me yeah. and add this. So And he, he has no championships either, so he's he wants you know, he wants that feeling. Yeah, and I, I just think I, I you know, talking to him in the NBA scope of things, it just adds this depth that I think is so cool. You know, you yeah. get and, and again, like I mean, we saw it with you know uh, LeBron getting trying to make all those moves to make the best team. Mm-hmm. In the NBA, of course, you're going to see it a lot more because there's a little bit. I would say it's a little bit easier of access. Yeah. But I just think uh, you know to someone that's not as into NBA as you are, but from my side of it, mm-hmm. that's what I like about that is and this trade. It just makes it like this is fucking cool. Uh, like I get yeah. to see. Top guys play together because I'm not watching like six games to see him, him, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, all right, we're watching it all at once, boys, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, to your point, if you're the casual NBA fan, looking at that all star team come together is like, that's probably what you want to see. And yeah. it's going to be entertaining at the very least. Uh, as a Laker guy, not worried about it. Not worried about it. Let's get AD back. Uh, we're going to make a few moves ourselves. If we can get Andre Drummond, then I think we're in the same exact boat. The Nets are definitely, I think, the team to beat in the East. Mm-hmm. Sixers are also right there. The Jazz are actually number one in the West right now, and you know, the Clippers as well. So there's a lot, This and we're, trans- we're transitioning to the second half of the basketball season, too. So, you know, we'll see. Which what, is when stuff starts to, yeah, you know. We'll see like, what kind of chemistry the Nets kind of put together with the addition of Blake Griffin. We'll see if the Lakers can come back healthy and kind of get gear up for playoffs. But once playoffs hits, uh, you know, you need a team that can win four games. And, uh, you know, I think those Lakers and Nets are probably top two teams that are going to be targeted for sure by the other teams. And But you have to make moves like Blake Griffin to uh, put yourself in that spot. You want the target on your back. Yeah, you do. And I think it's going to create a a good end of the season, but also getting into playoffs too. It creates that that kind of you know big kettle effect of let's get all this shit going you know mm-hmm. and like you said i think that performance you know i'd love to see i want to see how it goes for mm-hmm. like you know it's it's always different playing with people you know you're not in sync you're with building the chemistry exactly yeah, it's gonna take you know? them some time but we'll see yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be a great end of the half of the nba season too. and what's interesting as well is with these sign with that signing the lakers being the champs last year it kind of instantly creates that east-west rivalry yeah and uh so you know they will see each other at least once i think in the second half there's so much nba talent on the court at one time so we'll see what that looks like it's gonna be great now that we've covered the nba let's take a step back to to where where it all begins (laughs) (laughs) kindergarten the no no not kindergarten March Madness, baby. That's right. We are in March, and we were robbed of this last year. I don't oh, know, you we know, were. My now that I'm thinking about it, I was actually supposed to go to Vegas last year and have just a field day of really? March Madness life. Yeah, you got screwed. Oh yeah, Spirit took my money. Uh, there was no basketball. San Diego State was, you know, a top team last year too, which yeah. is my squad to your squad, and we just didn't have it. So we're back. God damn it. That's so shout right. out to us. And you frankly. know we 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 persevered. <laughs> yeah, we're back. March Madness, man. I that one hurt honestly when it was gone last year. That started the span of you know no sports and just that weird like nebulous yeah three month right. period. And started with this, and I was you know there's nothing better than Selection Sunday when you see who's where and uh, you kind of you know you in your brain you're formulating how you're gonna pick and. 
you know, how certain games are going to go, who's going to upset who in your head. Is it another UMBC season, oh, you know? One of the just, best. Yeah. The Retrievers. Just, exactly. <laughs> and it's just so crazy because, you know, I, I always talk about this, like Rick is super into basketball and then... For me, I'm more of that surface-level fan. Like, when it comes to big events or big games, I'm going to watch that shit. But with March Madness, there is people that never watch basketball. And what do they do? They, they make go, a bracket. Yeah, they, they, they make a bracket. They make Excuse a bracket. They, there's people that, like join yourself, a pool. they join a pool. They They're join. betting on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It. I don't, I don't know there's what it something is. A, it's... I don't know either, but there's so much energy that goes yes. into the uh, yeah. start of the tournament. You can't match it. No. Because games are literally starting at 9 a.m. and they don't stop till 5. And if you love just sports in general, having that 9 to 5 of watching sports and have shit go down while you're watching it, there's nothing better. You're right. On a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Thursday. Uh, you know, it's funny because. I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I was, I, I was talking about like games in the NBA and games in you know mm-hmm. NCAA, but for basketball, right? Yeah. There's so many games. It as a fan, if you love that sport, oh yeah, you're there's you know process overload. Oh, and, and then for football, yeah. you got to wait a week. You're like, oh yeah, fuck. There's only Complete, sixteen games, bro. Yeah, they call the national championship, and you got to wait like a month and a half. Yeah. for football, but in this. Uh, you know, there's like four games going on at once, yes. and you're like you said overload. But you love the overload. You're over here. You're over here. There's an upset going over here. Belmont versus like you know. Duke. I'm watching this, and, and it's going. Oh, that's affecting this right here. You know, and, and you know, in normal times, you could feel the energy of the crowd. Kind of, oh my god, is this team? Is this upset going to happen? Yeah, uh, that's true. You know, and going back to what you said about UMBC, they took down Virginia, who actually I picked to win it all. Oh, see, but, you know, that's you a 16 versus one. First time is 16-1. And, you know, my bracket's destroyed, but I'm loving it. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing... You might be out some cash, but you know I'm what? You're still cash, invested. But I watched, you know, an awesome event where, you know, David beats Goliath. And yeah, that's a kind great call. Of, that's kind of what it, that first round energy is all about. And it goes, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you just kind of, you ride out all these games. And yeah. it's just... It's a unique thing where it's a tournament and it kind of brings you back to the, you know, when you're a kid, when you have those tourneys and uh, it's just nonstop. It's the best. And I I think that's what a lot of people like about it is there's no, you know, because we, you know, I brought up the NFL, you're waiting a week. This is instant gratification for a fan. And if you are just the person that's in the office pool that said, oh shit, here comes Rick again, I gotta get (laughs) it. Here's my right, bracket. Get... <laughs> Bill, can you fill it out for me? Like, you know, there's those people. But yeah. you know what? Once they, the money starts getting oh, yeah. surrounding, oh, shit, my bracket's doing oh, good. I'm, I'm in second? Oh. Oh. Oh, how much is the I beat Jack, yeah. who loves the yeah. NBA. And hey, Jack, fuck you. I'm getting money, baby. Here's you the know? best part, too. You don't have to know a damn no. thing about it. No, you don't. That's what most people think is you have to know all the ins and outs of college basketball. No, you don't have to know anything. Look at UMBC. If yeah. you just picked... Oh, if I you, like if you picked that, that would make no sense, and you'd be winning the bracket. Exactly, and then people <laughs> would be looking at it, going, "What was your insider training? What did you know about yeah. this?" I don't know. I had Dave fill yeah. it out for me. It's like, oh, Dave put Dayton in the final four. What exactly. an idiot! And then Dayton goes to the final four. It's there's and here's the other thing. It's something that you can't predict ever. Uh, I think they try to do this ESPN or 
CBS perfect bracket thing, or Warren Buffett even did the perfect bracket yep, yep, thing yep, for a yep. while. And I and it, you know I said even uh, we were at Cathedral's like I could offer eight million dollars for the perfect bracket because you know what it'll never happen because right. it's impossible. Um, and There's, that's what makes it so great. I mean, you talk about like impossible and so many different things happening. I mean, look at yeah. how, you know look at Duke this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just not they're not Duke of old no and i know they i, I mean it, it's on funny because right? i was watching yeah. the espn and of course don't quote me on it but they were almost <laughs> they were creating scenarios where duke was able to make it yeah <laughs> when the hell have we heard that right and then when know? they're not an automatic game you mean yeah, yeah. It, it's and, just it's right so duke's having an off year won't even be in it north carolina probably won't be in it no um, and those are two big time yeah basketball schools where you hear that and you're like what the fuck's going on? And you know the other part I really is when the really love is when the announcers get into the and this goes with the crowd too being into it they get really into the upset too and they kind of create that historic moment. My yeah. Go to favorite guy doesn't do it anymore unfortunately, but Gus Johnson, unbelievable. That guy had Gus if you're out there, man. I I appreciate <laughs> Gus. The odds of Gus listening to this to you know when it gets who knows. Out, who knows? It's probably one to one. What do you mean? He's listening. <laughs> but he was so great. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard any of his calls, but I would highly recommend that. I probably that have, YouTube but search. never of like, you know. He's just super eccentric. You know, they're, <laughs> the time's winding down and they're down three and he's like, the ball goes up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, you know, like where I'm at, people are celebrating this Gus's and he's, we're just kind of all having that. I don't know. There's nothing better than a buzzer beater either. So, well, and you know, it just adds to that depth of what the March Madness is. You know, there's, there's, there's this, there's that. It's all going into a pot. It's stirring around and it's creating this energy that mm-hmm. you want. And, you know, I mean, shit, I, I remember, I mean, we talk about Cathedral a lot, but I remember going, oh, yeah. oh, where are we watching yeah. it? What classroom <laughs> has it? Well, you for know? me, I would stay home most of the time because, uh, you know, we got the setup down in Of Cape. course, yeah. I, there's... there's no need for school today, yes. Rick. Yes, um, But when I did, I definitely was in that room of like 30 kids. Yeah. And you got like During lunch, somebody at the you front, know? like Villanova one. <laughs> yeah, it just... It, it, but you know what? That's not just happening there. It's happening yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's an event uh, everywhere, you know? Yeah, and, I'm just so excited for it. It's going to be freaking and, legit. And, you know, like I said, you just never know what team... And then when you miss it, you hate that you missed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did you see that game? And they're like, no, what? No, like, I was watching this game over Duke here. Duke lost? And you're like, yeah, to whoever. Yeah. And, you know, like Norfolk State beat... Missouri one year. Missouri was like the two seed. They'd won like 30 games. Yeah. Norfolk State? Never heard of it. Yeah, I mean, oh shit, I was... You but know, that's that's what like, I look forward to. Like, where is that game going to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I think I was actually watching, and I, I hate to say it, was it the... I think I actually was watching like the Drake game. No. You know? Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> that one's going to hurt but, Doc uh, if I, you're talking about the no, Western Kentucky no, 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 no. I, this was... I think they played this last weekend. Oh. And I was watching the Drake okay. game, and I... I can't remember who I was with or someone asked me like, what schools are those? And I go, well, I know Drake. I don't know the yeah, other who's, one. Who's this bozo? But I think what they were kind of articulating was that doesn't look like a very like grand stadium. Right. And I go, yeah, I know. It looks like a high school, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it does. I go, hey, you know, 
But those people could win March Madness. Yes, yeah, those people are going to be right in it. And they're playing Loyola of Chicago, who oh, made go. a run uh, two years ago. Sister Jean, that whole deal, made it to the Final Four. I mean, it's simple as that. If you can put together four solid games and you're just, you heat up at the right time, who's to say you can't? You're making shots, you're good to go. One year it was like VCU, Wichita State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was the crazy, like South Carolina, it was the craziest combination. They were the talk of the town. And yeah, my bracket wasn't last, so what? (laughs) Man, it just. Yeah, it's, you know. It's going to be. If you can't feel it, I'm. So excited. Yeah, and I think what added to it was losing it. But I think yeah. it's just going to make... It makes this year worth more mm-hmm. because we missed it last year. We wanted it. COVID fucked us. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Yeah, it stole a lot from a lot of people, but this hit a little yeah. too close to home. Yeah, and you know, whenever your team's in it too, like San Diego State. And I really thought we had a shot last year, which would have been crazy. San well, Diego would have gone nuts. But uh, we're back in it. And, like, let's see what happens. If we make a run, it's no one's going to expect that either. But we're going to write it out. Well, you know, March Madness, of course, is, as you can tell, Rick and I are pretty... I, everybody better look out. We're pretty... I'm, I'm coming in hot. We're pretty excited. And if you can't feel that, <laughs> you know, presence... There's going to be a lot of bets being tossed in yes. there, too, you know, next week. So. But, um, you know, just something that I we both love and something that we are super happy that it finally happened is right. high school sports are back in California. Super excited for the Dons. Yeah. You know, it's, of course, in San Diego County, it's only league games. So it's seven weeks for six games. You get okay. a buy in somewhere in there. Um, the rules are pretty stingent. You know, there's no fans or anything like that. But I think finally is... It's what we needed. Yeah. So, and oh. it, it took us a while to get here. I think we're actually the last state to allow high school sports mm-hmm. for fall. Um, and you know, it just—I'm excited. I—I I, I know we. It's sports. It's sports banter. We're big <laughs> cathedral fans, yeah. so it, we're excited for it. No, I'm I'm stoked for those kids, and uh, like glad you guys can be out there back. Uh, you know, enjoying those times with your friends, like we were doing that. It seems like yesterday. So, enjoy it, fellas. Love because, it. Uh, you know, I don't. Can we win a championship? Is league? A I championship? don't know how, to, dude. I'm so. We're gonna confused. get some type of. Flag. I will say this: <laughs> it is on the cathedral. St- I'm gonna. I'm gonna plug this just because we're both from cathedral. It's on the cathedral sure. Catholic streaming service. It's gonna be really cool because we have two alum uh, running it. It's Mike Costa and also Braden Sopranit. So just nice. if you guys want to listen to the games on Friday, we'll plug that. And we got some UFC 259 review, and things did not go as. Planned well. First of all, we didn't buy the pay per views. Is that no, correct? absolutely not. I mean, I didn't buy is, the is that due to being scarred by ESPN Plus? Yes. Or yes. Okay. So yeah. a little little resentment after there. the after the <laughs> McGregor fight, totally just right took didn't a give shit. you a, a shot. But no, uh, I did, I, th- I did watch it afterwards though. Some shit went down. It did. There was uh, a, it was well, active. And starting with the first one, Peter Petter, Petter. <laughs> Better yawn. This guy. The uh, defending champion versus Algerman Sterling. That was bananas. Why don't we tell the people what happened, man? Uh, well, Sterling in was. In your eyes. In my <laughs> eyes, fucking Petter ass. Fucking need a guy in <laughs> See, the face. Petter, now when you say it like that, it sounds like somebody who would do something like that. Yeah. You know what really. Okay, well, let's just talk about what happened. Is right. Sterling was down and had his knee down. Yes. Because he was, I don't exactly remember 
how he got Some to that transition, position. but he was yeah. on the ground in the middle of the the ring. Yeah, and Pederast just decided, I'm gonna knee this dude in the knee face. This dude in the face, which which uh, and it wasn't just like a like a hey, here's my knee. Oh no, this yeah. was I'm rolling in, baby. And he uh, Algerman was already hurt before that. Um, the pace was like pretty crazy. They were uh, getting after it and kind of throwing their flurries out early. Yeah. So the the energy was being drained and in that spot. So the controversy is that Petter's corner yelled out like Neam. Oh, I didn't know yeah, this. Yeah, I heard that. And so I think his brain was just like Neam, as though he need him <laughs> like robot knee jerk reaction and smoked him right in the face. And uh, he was down for a while. Um, and like, so to the, the UFC people out there, it's blatantly illegal to yeah. uh, knee a guy when he's on the, when he has a knee on the ground, hand on the ground. Um, so Aljamain Sterling was just kind of on the ground for a while, rolling around. Initially, just not mentally there. So initially I was like, oh fuck, he got knee in the face yeah. pretty hard. Second, I go, is he all right? Cause I'm now worried like. I just had a knee to my face. Am I going to live? You know, so and imagine taking a knee to the face. Dude. And that is insane. I agree. And just how, you know, afterwards, like you brought it up, his demeanor was, he was in, he was fucked. Which was actually on the Twitter world, you got TJ Dillashaw, total scumbag, cheater. Um, and you got Henry Cejudo claiming that Algernon Sterling's like faking it to end, like end the fight. I did so think it was, was kind of weird. He was like crying. At the end. And yeah, when they announced that, so Petter got Maybe he, didn't want he to got that way. DQ'd for the illegal knee, which you know the other guy. So other guy wins automatically. So Algernon Sterling wins. It was a very bizarre. Like he was, he kind of looked like he was like confused and yeah. And then he had his like coach could, was like holding yeah. him. I thought that was really and then he weird. he actually put the belt like back on the ground, and that's a big no no when you're uh you know Dana White's employee. So. Uh, and then, but the main point of why they're giving him shit, uh, Dillashaw and Cejudo is that, um, after the fact he was giving an interview with Joe Rogan and, you know, was having a normal interview. So like, well, if you got knee in the face and you were so like out of it, why are you doing an interview? Which, you know, not the worst, uh, argument to have. Yeah, I guess. I mean, in my mind, I mean... But also, who but knows dude, how you take a knee to the face? Exactly. I, I mean, <laughs> I let's put it this way. Like I said, the weirdest thing for me was he was crying. Like, that was yeah. kind of... I think it was more... It wasn't that he was... In pain. In pain. It was like... I didn't want to win this way, I didn't maybe? want to win this way. Okay, I mean, I and understand that. I can that. see that, I guess. And the whole, like, but interview then, thing, like... There's guys that get knocked out and have an interview right after. So yeah. that I think they I'll could come... have stopped to that, but it ha- that has. Yeah, I mean, I will say like, eh, you Daniel know, Daniel Cormier for one, which was super weird because you're when you're interviewing a guy who's got just got knocked out, like he doesn't know what he's talking about. So no, why are you gonna get? Let's uh, let's not do that. What well, color are they, the rainbow? <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, super weird start to the three title fights. Algernon Sterling gets the W. Um, could set up some some big fights though later. You're right. It um, does. I really would just like to mention, hey, TJ Dillashaw, like, who are you to uh, mention or call Algernon Sterling out? You've been out of the game for, like, two years because you cheated, and everyone knows you cheated, so. Yeah. No no thanks. I will say, and I, again, just, like, final comment on this, but I don't know if you noticed, but Petter Ass, I'm just going to call him Petter Ass, <laughs> he, like, he went to the, 
like saw his corner and he just kind of stood there like yeah he, i made this fucking decision yeah it was a weird look and, yeah like, he, he almost was looking at sterling like really dude come on get the fuck up and it's like it doesn't matter <laughs> you need me in the face it's a disqualifying move <laughs> so yeah i i mean you can't need a guy in the face like that and then after an interview he actually sounded sincere that he didn't mean to and i'm you know i'm gonna have maybe to blame he, the corner then too. yeah maybe he took if it as like fuck the, i made a bad yeah, mistake if here. you're in the heat of the moment and you just trust your corner like that and they say knee the guy that's true I, then yeah, i, I could see the, that yeah that being the case but super weird start Petter is uh ass. They, you know there probably is going to be a rematch because oh, of how yeah. strange that was but it anyways. adds to the Instagram turmoil. Yeah. That Dana White loves. <laughs> yeah, so. it actually makes it better for the next fight. Yeah. Going on to the next fight with the go to woman MMA, Amanda Nunez fighting Megan Anderson. Uh it was over quick. It was not good. It wasn't. It was not good for you Megan know, I had, Anderson. I had a, I had a lot of faith in Miss Anderson and she looked like she was trying to swim good heavens it's you know and you, you know we're watching the highlights right now and that's a gnarly armbar. yikes it just ooh. Oh, i wish she broke it oh, i just kind of wish she broke it that was not good but you know this is exactly the fight that i was kind of anticipating that they the other woman who's in the cage with manny Nunez just looks like i shouldn't really be here you know, and I will I, say, just outmatched. yeah, and outclassed. It's I. You know what I really like about uh, Nunez and how she fights is, I'm gonna lay my f- first two pops on you, and this is gonna dictate it, how the fight goes. Exactly. And as a defender of the belt, but also as someone that's the challenger, and I eat those. I mean, look at like, I've been punched in the face, but I'm afraid <laughs> to be punched in the face by her. Any any professional fighter is yeah you know fuck me up, but yeah. hers I mean, it's just there's so much behind. There's first of all, it's the technique of how she's throwing these punches, and she just finds that gap to kind of let you know early, like you said. And once you get yeah. the, the first one two, I think it's just kind of like oh, you're, shit. you're already in defense mode versus someone who you've already respect and they've won all these title chances that really haven't been close. And I think too it it puts like, you know, for Megan, right? Like she came in like, "All right, I'm I'm prepared for this. Like mm-hmm. I I can do this. I've been hit in the face. I've made my way to this and wow, this really fucking hurts. Yeah. I I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and, I, I thought right. I could do this." And we we talked about uh you said it, you, she was confident taking it to the ground. Uh Nunez just yeah and i didn't, oh my gosh yeah and it's i was it's not to say that anderson's not it's it's really more just how great nunez is as a fighter facets yeah. of the game and that arm bar was disgusting like i said dude she's intimidating Man. she's scary she's methodical she fucking like it's almost like she goes all right i'm gonna i'm gonna break you apart right here yeah and it just it's so i it's so respectful it's scary I'm fucking intimidated, and I'm just sitting <laughs> and here. And it's just another win to tally to her, you know, amazing career. And um, To win like that, too, I, was I, so cool. It's amazing to see how the UFC keeps kind of trying to, these new, uh, you know, top contenders out with her, and there's no one who is matched up with her. I mean, if someone had a gun, no I feel one. like she Except, wouldn't Except even... uh, Valentina Shevchenko, which I would love to see that again, even though they fought, I think, tw- at least twice. Yeah. So... She probably has her number in that respect as well. If you're, but that's the only one I've seen that's. Well, who's the next? Close. And I wonder who the next like 
person behind Megan would be to challenge. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's for Dana White to kind of decide who to hype up. Yeah, I mean, there's no levels in UFC <laughs> because, anymore. Dana's like, yeah. you want to fight? Yeah. Let me check it I out. I mean, at least with her, it's more like, do you want to go in there? That's uh, true. All right. How well, mu- what, good luck. How much would you like the next check to be? And really? it's honestly becoming... It's honestly becoming, I'm rooting for her now, not the underdog, where she just is continuing to win and win and win because she's been so dominant. Um, So first round submission for her, I was kind of correct. I had said KO, but... That's fine. She went... I'll accept it. She went the, oof, grosser route. Yeah. (laughs) You know, another tally to Amanda Nunez, and we'll see who she's going to destroy next. And in the last fight, which was the light heavyweight championship... Uh, Israel Adesanya, Jan Blachowicz. Uh, we were both correct in this one. Yeah. Um, Adesanya trying to come up and become a two-weight world champion did not happen. Jan just kind of controlled him and, you know, used his size as we kind of talked about before. And it just became kind of the, the bigger guy controlling how, you know, the fight was going to go. And, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, like we were talking about, and the big thing for me is, and we you pulled it up earlier is bringing them down to the ground, holding that all that weight on them. I mean, let's put it this way. You can be conditioned no matter what, but having, you know, you're trying to get out of a, a certain position on the ground. Mm-hmm. You have a guy that's comfortable at his own weight on top of you and can move at that weight. It, it, it that's, that's, that's a, that's a difficult task. It's a tough obstacle to overcome. Yeah. For sure. Especially when you're trying to work up in weight too. I yeah. mean, it's just and difficult. Adesanya didn't look that much bigger. I don't know how, what he weighed in at, but, uh, it was, you know, if you just, the eye test, it was two completely different sized individuals. So, yeah, you're right. You know, if that's what Jan saw and, uh, if that was like the bottom line of the plan was let's just take him to the ground and kind of control. But even so, on the feet, he outstruck him by, like, 100 strikes. So, um, yeah, he just kind of – he didn't ride the hype train, I'll say that. No. I mean, he kind of controlled the how that fight went. And at the at the worst, he was just going to out-wrestle him. And, um, yeah. It was a smart play. A smart play to him. And I guess I actually heard this after the fight. He went to – like, Dana White puts on the belt of the guy, right? And he goes, you didn't believe in me. And Dana, to Dana White. Yeah, to Dana White. And Dana White was like, what the fuck? Like, what did I say? <laughs> so he's kind of got that chip on his shoulder. I like that. You know? Yeah. I know. Polish, I hear that. I'm a bigger yeah, fucking fan. Polish, uh, Polish fighters aren't aren't ones to be messed no, with, for of sure. Not. There's a lot of them in the UFC, both uh, men and women. So they just kind of come from that fighting culture. But well, when you're uh, surrounded by fucking snow, what else do you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You better do something. Yeah. Because, you know, you might freeze to death. But Maybe they're fighting the abominable snowman. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was his first title defense, I believe. And excite- he wants to fight Glover to share next. Oh, which, really? Uh, you know, kind of older cat, but he's uh, he's won a decent amount of fights in the recent future. And I kind of like how Jan goes about that, too. He's all about respect and kind of not looking for the big money fight, but the guy who's earned that right of passage. Yeah. So... What do you think about that in UFC? I, I hate to bring this up, but like, or kind of side tangent, if you will. No. But what do you think about that? Great... I mean, there's so, you know, UFC, I, I hate to say it, there's such this distance between good fighters and the Money older. fights. And... Exactly. Like, what yeah. do you think of that? Because 
you know, you get an older guy. I mean, what was it? The Brock Lesnar fight? Like, yeah. I, I mean, think, you look at that shit yeah. and you're just kind of like, this is just for cash. Mm-hmm. And I, right. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I think, I mean, great question. Because fighting is very, like, prize fighting based. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. Uh, the way, like, fighting goes, there's so much hype put into those type of fights rather than maybe who's already earned the way. But at the same time, if you're trying to be a successful prize fighter, you kind of have to take that marketing on your own shoulder and present present yourself as more uh, just, a, you know, you have all these skills fighter. Um, you have all these tools, I, should, I guess I should say. Um, so... There's definitely guys who get skipped over some from time to time, and Habib Nurmagomedov was one of them at the beginning of yeah. his uh, run, because they wanted to get McGregor on that one fifty five pedestal, so he could just kind of trim down everyone that goes through him that he is, you know, uh, tactically better than. Yes. And Habib being such a like a uh, wrestler, they knew that was gonna be a problem, and they tried to hold that off pretty much for as long as they could, um, and that's because. Every time McGregor wins, that's going to bring in more revenue. That's exactly. a big pay-per-view. Um, so they, there's always going to be that interest where you're matching up guys based on the public's like want. And yeah. that's really the reason that the UFC has been so successful rather than, you know, I guess you could say boxing and what they've struggled with. So Yeah, the reason I brought it up because, you know, you talked about Jan wanting to fight an older guy. And it, it, it seems to be that kind of... A hamster wheel of the UFC yeah. where it's well we don't really have anybody else for him to fight just mm-hmm. go fight that guy and I hate to and, say it's yeah. not happening constantly but also too I mean um the under or the prelim fights excuse me uh you know Dominic Cruz was on that and yeah, they were talking right. about Dominic Cruz and I, I listened to it because you know San Diego native of course I'm going to support and listen mm-hmm. to it and uh, after the fight he started talking about like who he wanted to potentially fight next with Joe Rogan not fighting Joe Rogan just talking yeah. <laughs> to him about that in the interview um and he talked about doing like a charity fight and like mm. how some guy on instagram or youtube was talking shit and it's just like weird that's dominic i love I you i didn't think that's, that's a, where you were going with that no i didn't it was it was such <laughs> and a that's a weird move it was a weird move honestly i was thinking more of a that was the kind of conversation i was expecting from sterling after getting kneed in the head but <laughs> dominic came out of nowhere with and he talked about like monster energy like paying for it just it, yeah, it was, really it was too weird. much, too much push and not enough. Yeah, like, it's natural. Like, were you waiting for energy? Yeah, yeah, were you waiting for the fight to talk about this? Yeah. Like, it, it, kind I of seemed get, planned. Let me get through three rounds and then I get to talk about this. Yeah. It just, it just, you know, it, that in that sense of you were talking about like creating fights and things like that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But when you have you know the McGregor and Khabib thing, I mean, or even, did you see him in the corner too? Yeah, like, his, I thought uh, that was so badass. His boy did a phenomenal job. Yeah. He was also probably on that same, I don't know, same level, but of wrestling, the Russian wrestling scene is just yeah. insane. I thought it was cool. I don't remember who talked about this or who tweeted it, but it was kind of showing respect to Khabib as like showing that hey, He's I trying I, to pass it down exactly. Yeah. And, a, and a lot of people, I think two or three people tweeted that like that's a lot from what his dad did mm-hmm. when he was fighting in UFC and I, I don't know I just really like and I think you and I kind of appreciate that as you know being playing sports and things like that we love when a player or an individual athlete is able to come back and kind of contribute yeah. to the sport and for how much and how well he's done it just dude if I'm a young fighter and I have Khabib in my corner I'm yeah. looking at him going and he tells me you can do this. 
It's huge. I mean, my... Monumental. Yeah, exactly. My fucking... My brain just went to a thousand because he has confidence that I can kick the shit out of this guy's... And, you know, UFC is such toe-to-toe. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's mano-a-mano. It's just... I don't know. I just... It's such a cool, cool experience yeah. there. I know we kind of so I, a yeah. Of I love the there. I love the Khabib angle. Um, also, just touching on the prize fighting, that will always be uh, a part of the sport because there's that just interest of guys like us who want to watch it. Uh, you yeah. want to see yeah, stuff, and cool. you want to you want to see people that are going to excite you. Uh, most recently, I'm thinking when Nate Diaz called out Jorge Masvidal, I was all about that. Of course, uh, bad motherfucker belt. I think that was great. Um, and, you know, people have called out Brock Lesnar before, too. Like, I was all in on that. Um, you know, it just it's more exciting when there's personalities clashing um, rather than just two technical fighters clashing. And it, it just, it's, you know what it makes? It makes it feel like it's a real fight. Yeah, and there's, you know, sometimes there's the animosity. I think boxing goes too far with it because uh, it's, like, too staged or whatever. The UFC is, they maybe they don't give them enough... Uh, time to talk so it's there's either that pure animosity I or think about that yeah um you know it's it's very quick yeah, of like, is oh, kind of weird like in that kinda, sense yeah and, you know they their press conference is a little different but um yeah it just as a normal person if you feel that animosity like it just it, it's exciting to uh and you pick a side you yeah pick exactly. a side with that <laughs> exactly like, fuck this i don't yeah i hate that dude yeah. you know <laughs> I'm in the, I'm right. in the ring with you. Right. You're in the corner for 25 minutes. So Yeah, it's a yeah. great call. Great fights. Great weekend. Yeah, this no. episode was great. I mean, I know we went over a lot yeah. of great things. We covered some shit. We did. Dak Prescott being tied up in Dallas. Got good luck to you. Blake Griffin coming to the Nets. Uh, we touched on a little March Madness and uh, a little UFC for you. Exceptional episode. You know, episode 10 is officially donezo, but... Before we depart, you need you to subscribe. <laughs> That's right. To Apple and Spotify. Give um, us some likes. Let's get, yeah, comments. let's get some reviews. Any type of, you know, feedback we can get is going to help us build this thing. So, um, for episode 10, Sports Banter, out. out.